G'day community and welcome to the Jock Reynolds Supercoach Podcast. I'm Lek Dog and before we get stuck into today's episode, I wanted to tell you about our friends at supercoachchampion.com. You would have seen all over the site and the socials the amazing Supercoach rings that they have produced for us and they've given us a little deal to offer to all of our listeners. Jump on supercoachchampion.com. Choose your ring. When you get to check out, use the discount code JR2021, JR2021, and you'll get free, free, $0, same-day delivery on your rings. And if you haven't seen the products that they have up for grabs, jump on our Facebook page. You'll see a bloody beautiful video of me getting very aroused while looking at them. Now, I'd also like to thank Telebeats for the intro music, and I'd like to thank Damo for being here today with me. How are you, Damo? I'm not too bad. I'm not too bad. How about yourself, mate? I'm all right. I'm high as a kite on prescription drugs, so if I don't make sense or I make less sense than normal, Damo, uh, you know why. And if you see me disappear, we have had to video chat this, Damo, because if I start falling asleep, you can uh, call an ambulance. Will do. It's also, if there's a slight echo in my room, I've cleared, Damo, you'll be able to see this, I've cleared out my entire room to use as a VR headset setup. So life's peaking right now, but it's peaking even more, Damo, because I get to talk to you about the West Coast Eagles. I don't know if that's peaking, but sure, yeah, let's go ahead with that. (laughs) This is another podcast profile. We're going to look at West Coast Eagles today, Damo. You're the expert in WA, so we've got you on board to talk all things what do we talk about on these podcasts, Damo? Uh, well, we look at the lock, the knock, the bolter, the rookie, the breakout, the trap, and the pass. And we get to all decide and discuss what they actually mean and whether they all mean the same thing or not. But let's push on, Damo. Well, West Coast, uh, do you expect them to be another dominant performance uh, performing team this year or are we going to see a drop-off? What do you think? I don't know if if it's my Dockers bias talking, but I actually think they might drop a little bit. They'll still be a finals contender. But I just don't think they're top four bound. Yeah, I tend to agree. We need to, obviously, it doesn't feel like it's going to be a normal season where they play their games. Are they going to play them in WA? Are they going to have to move somewhere else? All these questions we're going to have to answer at some stage. So I do also have question marks on top four, but definitely, definitely going to play finals. You can lock that in now. Damo, speaking of locks, who's yours? I've gone with Andrew Gaff. Uh, He's averaged 106 or more in the last three seasons. And across those three seasons, he's only gone below 85 seven times. Wait, across all those seasons, he's only gone below 85 points in seven games. Is that what you're saying? Correct. That's that's pretty impressive, Damo. And we know that he he does have a reasonably high ceiling. You can't average 106 without having a high ceiling. But and his floor, it's kind of uh, it's kind of pretty high as well. Yeah, absolutely. His his standard deviation, as people like to call it, 
is very, very good. So, obviously, he's in the midfield. He's probably the main man there. We've talked about smaller interchanges or less interchanges this year. I don't think he's going to be a man rotating off a hell of a lot. I think he's going to be, you know, if they're not pulling him off the ground, they'll be resting him in other parts of it. So, I just think he's my lock as well, Damo. And you look at the year he had last year, and it's it's hard to it's really hard to look past him. He's the, by my calculation, second most expensive player on that West Coast outfit. At five hundred and seventy k demo, is he someone that you're going to be able to fit into your side, or is it that awkward price where he's not quite six hundred, but he's also not quite too cheap? I don't have him in my starting side, but I have seen him in a few starting sides, and I understand why you'd put him there because. These higher priced guys, it's very unlikely that they hold on to their high price throughout the entire season. Whereas he's at a price, I've said price too many times now, <laughs> where he's unlikely to drop in value or or rise in value too much. So he's probably at his correct uh, value at the moment. Kind of see what you get. It's worth noting that, and thank you to Baron for this, across the last six games of the season, not including finals, he averaged 115.8. That's a pretty big bloody score. And then he did ton up 101 in the elimination final. So across those last, uh, what is that, seven games, only one score below 101. It's pretty impressive. Yeah, it just shows how reliable he is. And he always seems to, I might be just generalizing here, always seems to start off strong. Look, I think he's an interesting player. He's not going to have a huge ownership at the start of the year. One to watch, but of course, I think you're going to be able to get him basically the same price later on. Damo, let's move on to the next section. And what do you want to talk? Do you want to talk knock? Let's talk knock. Who have you got a knock on in this West Coast outfit? I've gone for Elliot Yo. And pretty much my knock on Elliot Yo is, is he even fit? Where is he going to play? Will he return to being a tagger? And unfortunately, I don't even know if Yo or Adam Simpson has the answers to these questions either. But we all know that on his day, he can be a top three midfielder. Oh, he's absolutely got the equipment. It's just whether he's allowed to use it. And you mentioned the potential for him to become a tagger again. Well, I thought Mark Hutchings was going to come back into this side and do that, and I was going to wait till the rookies to talk about this, but you've dropped a bombshell on me, and everyone else listening to this probably knows, but he's not going to be around to start start the season. No, he had surgery on his leg to release tension, and looks like he's going to uh, miss six to eight weeks, meaning he'll miss the first couple of rounds probably longer of the season. So if West Coast decide to go with a tagger, Yo seems to be one of the obvious choices. That's if he's even fit for round one, but yeah. Well, that's a good point. That's a very good point. So he's not someone that I'm targeting, Damo, and he's someone that I just feel like I just don't think he's going to be a super coach relevant player for us again. I think he might become a, a bargain pick that we can pick up, you know, in desperation heading into finals, but I just don't see a time where Elliot Yo is on our lips again. Yeah, and I guess West Coast have one of the most even spreads of players and points. Um, A bit like Richmond don't really have that one dominant player either. So it really comes down to where the players are positioned in Supercoach and whether they provide value or not. We should just note that 
He's 483k this year in Supercoach and averaged 89.9 last year. So it should be worth noting because if you disagree with us, we'd love to know why. He is under 500k, but there's plenty of other options at that price point. Lek, who's your knock? Well, I'll tell you. I'm knocking someone who should have been better last year. Has all the tools in the bloody kitchen. I don't know if that's where you keep your tools, but Tim Kelly... 517k he's cheap we've seen his upside he's got talent but he just didn't show it to me in a super coach sense in 2020 and as a result i'm not looking at him in 2021 17 games last year average of 96.3 86 in the one finally played and is priced at 517k look he's he should be i mean he's heading into his peak he should be better than he was in 2020. We saw in 2019, he averaged 103.5 across uh, and played 22 games that year, including a 138 in that prelim against the Tigers. But Damo, I'm not buying his stock for regular super coach this season. I don't want a bar. Nah, and it seemed like he went from being big fish in Little Pond at Geelong to little fish in Big Pond at West Coast and it didn't suit him at all to fit into their system and dominate. He sort of fit into their system and was a handy addition, but didn't reach the same great heights that he was at when he was at Geelong. Look, if they play around with the roles at all, or, you know, work that system to his benefit, then I'm happy to put my hand up and say I was wrong and jump on later on, but certainly not someone I'm looking to start, particularly at 517k. And we've talked about in other podcast players that are affordable and, yeah, just just a bloke that I've seen in a few teams and I'm not totally sold on. No, I'm not sold on him either. I haven't really considered him at all, to be honest. I mean, look, he's he's a he's a good player and I think he's only going to get better, but you look at last year, he did have he did have a, a 180 in round 17, which is huge, but that bumped up his whole season average a bit and uh, he only turned up, let's have a look here, Tunned up seven times out of 17 games, but then there was some 50s in there, a couple of 60s. It's just, no, I don't want to touch it. I don't want to touch it. What are we moving on to next, Damo, my friend? Let's move on to the bolter, and I'll go first if you don't mind. Go ahead. I'm going with Liam Duggan. He raised his average by about 20 points last season to 83, and I believe he can raise his average another 20 points this season. We've already talked about Yo probably being unavailable. Hutchings confirmed to miss. And then there's even question marks over Luke Shuey now because he's been training with the rehab group. So he could start in the midfield round one, especially with the addition of Alex Witherden at halfback. That's, I, it's, I'm very interested in the Doug man. I was tossing up between him and a, and a couple other players. So, Damon, you think he can jump that average from 83 all the way up to a up to a ton this year i do especially if he gets the time in the midfield so is that the only thing holding him back because obviously we've seen that he could pump out scores what did the average last year 83.5 and on the run home last six games 94.7 and an 80 in that final i mean if he didn't jump all the way up to a ton is an average of 95 enough of a jump for you yeah, I'd say so. So he's a defender, 448K. He's one of those 
cheaper players? He's around the price of, say, a Zach Williams from Carlton. Is he vying for, what, your D3 position in your team? I think if your team was set up correctly, correctly, there's no correct way to set up your team. Um, If your team was set up the way... If if your team was was set up and you had that money left over to slot him in at maybe a, even a D four, then maybe a D three or a D four. Um, I haven't seen many people do it, but you could potentially go Williams at D two and then Duggan at D four at three. But yeah, I don't think I would have him higher than D three to be honest. I think that's fair enough. And look, I I think it's a a slight risky pick, but a couple of the names I've got coming up across the podcast are going to fit well and truly into that bracket. Um, Anything else to say on the Doug man before we we move on? Who's your bolter, Lek? Mate, my bolter is Nick, Nat, and Nui. The reason being... Now, I think this might be hindered because we're now only going to have a single game preseason. It's not really what I call a preseason. But when I think of a bolter, I'm like, who are people going to jump on as we get closer and closer to the season? And people are tossing up. Do we go Gorn and Grundy? Can I do both? I think people are going to remember how good Nick Nat is. And given he only missed one game last year, played 16 games for an average of 110.5 and you know, sort of started slowly, averaging 98 across the first six games and then 120 over those middle five and then 116 over the last five, as well as a very good performance in that elimination final. I think people are just going to remember that he's really good. I think, put a pin in it because we're going to talk about him later. Okay, all right. We'll put a pin in it. We will come back to Nick Nat and Nui. Damon, what's the next segment we bloody have? Uh, rookie. Rookie. Right. Well, you, you're going to talk about the rookie that we both wanted to. So I'm just going to mention that looking through the rookie priced players that they do have, the one that I see maybe playing, although it's going to be harder with them bringing Zach Langdon over, is Jared Cameron. I think he's got uh, buckets of talent. He's 153K, but played five games last year, only averaged 30. Not someone who I think we should select, but... Is the only other rookie price player other than this bloke you're about to talk about that I could uh, consider. So Zane True is 102k midfielder. Uh, he slid through to the rookie draft somehow. On talent alone, he shouldn't have done it, but there was uh, there what his attitude was flagged as an issue. Um, but as similar to Liam Duggan, with Yo unavailable, Hutchings confirmed to miss. Question marks over Shuey. We could see this guy starting in that eagle side, whether that's up forward or down back or somewhere to, to make up the numbers because he definitely has the talent to fit into that West Coast side if those if any, if any those three were all to miss. And he was named in the centre in the uh, WA team of the year last year as well. So a state league under 18s team last year. So he's definitely got the talent, def- definitely got the footy IQ. It's just a case of whether his attitude has matched up with his ability and the best thing about him being at priced at 102k and uh, there's there's multiple ways to tackle selecting someone like this you could use him potentially as a loophole option if he's not going to get games early in the season you can trade into him you can downgrade anyone to him or you can um, start him and he gets named and he bloody dominates for us but i think there's a, a lot of valid reasons 
to be looking at him this year. All it takes is him getting named for one bloody game and I'm just about in. And you had him as your rookie as well, Lek? Yeah, I did. So Jared Cameron was my backup, but the only one I think that's worth talking about it here is probably Zane True. Agree. Who's your breakout? All right. My breakout is is a guy that kind of has already broken out in the past, but it's Dom Sheed. It's Dom bloody Sheed, mate. So averaged 89 across 16 games in 2020. You can pick him up for 487K in the midfield. That's obviously a question mark, awkward price. 2019, averaged 95 across 22 games. And for all the reasons that really you talked up Liam Duggan and potential more midfield time opening up, all that sort of stuff, I've got Dom Sheet in there for the same reason. And I think he can turn his 90 into close to 100. Is that enough? Probably not to justify selection, but I think of all the guys I'm looking at that I think I could get pretty late in a draft as well. Dom Sheed is is a guy that I'm very intrigued with. He's only 25, so about to hit his peak. And yeah, someone I'm watching closely. Yeah, I don't mind the selection, and I believe, and I completely agree with you. There's um, there's probably about five or six players that could step into that Eagles midfield should those three players that I mentioned earlier do in fact miss. Yeah, and I think look, I think at some stage anyway. All those players are going to miss time. Luke Shuey, he misses time, uh, or he definitely missed a lot of time last year. And yeah, I think there's going to be opportunities for these guys to press their case. Maybe not enough for Dom Sheet, given he's a midfield only. Um, Liam Duggan a little more um, is a little more cachet because he's a defender. Who do you have, Damo, as your breakout for 2021? I've got Alex Witherden. He was brought over to eventually take over from Hearn. Uh, might happen sooner rather than later because we all know that Hearn's an old man. Um, and he doesn't need to really raise that average too much to become a premium because he did average 94 across six games last year. Um, but he does have those games where he can drop off and score your 40s like he did in round one last year as well, but last, but he also scored a 170 uh, at 100 and 101 uh, once he returned finally to that Brisbane side. Yeah, he, he's an interesting one, and I may as well reveal my cards now because he is my, uh, what did I have him as? My pass. So I don't think he's a trap. He's just not someone that I want to take the risk on this year. Uh, damn, I agree. I agree that he's... He doesn't need to raise that average much from last year, but my concern is that both 2018 and 2017 played a lot of footy, only averaged 84 and 72 respectively. And in 20, uh, what is it, 2019, only one ton for the year, which concerns me. Damon, why is he going to be in that back line more than, say, a Shannon Hearn is? The Eagles see him as Shannon Hearn's natural successor. Agreed. So, so whether he plays that role from the outset or whether he assumes it once Hearn is retired is something that we won't know until, I guess, the preseason. Um, once we see how, once we see the preseason games, and even then we might not get a total idea. But it honestly depends on where they expect him to line up while Hearn's in the side compared to where he is when. Her, 
after Hearn retires. I when look when he was traded, we did a podcast and we had a chat about it, and I and I I did say that I think I, he's a no for me for twenty twenty one, and then he's a lock for me from twenty twenty two through to about twenty twenty seven. I think he's got everything we like about a super coach player, except that he's got you know a, a legend of an eagle ahead of him. They're going to look after Hearn in his last year. Maybe Hearn offers the spot and says, hang on, I'll, I'll take a bit of a backseat for Witherden, but not someone I want to start, but not someone I think is a terrible selection. I totally get it. I totally get the uh, the logic behind it, but I just don't know if the void of significance is big enough for him to raise his uh, raise his average enough. Is he in your side, Damo? No. He has been he has been in versions of my side, but he's not currently in my side. I'll say this. I think I probably like him more than I like Duggan as a selection, and that's probably purely on starting price. Uh, I think they've both got very similar stocks. Well, you mentioned Witherden as your pass, and we've been speaking about him quite a fair bit, and Shannon Hearn's actually my pass. Pretty much, he's an old man getting old man injuries, and let's be honest, he was only good for one and a half seasons anyway. <laughs> I I he's my trap because I just he's my trap even if no one else was ever going to pick him there was always a chance I was going to pick him <laughs> and you're right he's old and he's always cheap you always jump on him and you're like geez he's so cheap because he's been crap all year don't just don't do it to yourself he's a trap he's a pass 2019 you know averaged 103.5 last year averaged 88.9 and you know, on the run home, had a really good six games, had 96.6 average from rounds 13 to 18, and then a 102 in the finals. Look, that's going to be enough to tempt people. Don't do not do it. Just don't do it to yourself. Just pick another nice, younger, fresher model. <laughs> and we put a pin in Nick Natanui earlier, but Nick Natanui is my trap. Okay. Talk to me. Thanks to the shorter games and the shorter season, We didn't see the effects of Nick Nat having managed minutes, but this year we may see it because the interchange cap, the longer seasons and the longer games, all points to Nick Nat being more of an impact player than a full-time Ruckman. Interesting, Damo. I like that you've brought this up because I probably didn't think about it enough. We know that um, they've got a few players they like, could bring into this side to sort of pinch hit. We got, we've seen Bailey Williams in there. We've seen uh, Oscar. What's his name? Oscar Allen. Oscar Allen come in and sometimes um, pinch hit in the ruck. I think they've got some some options to do that. Uh, is Nick Nat? Do you see him as someone with reduced rotations, spending a lot more time on the pine, getting way less game time than most other people in the comp? I do. I think he'll average around 50 to 60% game time. And we don't know that... I don't think they're going to be resting him forward or behind the ball or anything like that, like some other Ruckman. So if we're concerned about game time and he does go to the bench, can he score enough with 50 to 60% game time? Like you said, he's an impact player. He does... Fantasy Freako pointed out not that long ago that Nick Natanui has one of the best points per minute um, stats in Supercoach. Um, so it really depends on what he does with the minutes that he's on the field and whether he can score the way that 
we that we would all like him to because if he was going to score a hundred points every single game, I would select him, bank the extra cash, move move someone else into my side, and not go for a dinky mid pricer who I so want to become a premium because I've spent one point five million do- million dollars on a set and forget ruck duo, but. The fact of the matter is, we've really only got one, two, maybe three Ruckman that we can rely on in Supercoach. So it's finding that value that people always thrive for to try and get the extra money to build their side up to a more even structure. But I don't know if we can put our trust in Nick Natanui. I yeah, I think you're you're reasonably on the ball here because. We, um, like I pointed to the fact that he played all bar one game in 2020. As you said, shortened quarters. Uh, fixture was all messed up. You look at 2019, he only played three games. You look at 2018, he missed seven games. You look at 2016, he missed seven games. The bulk of his playing career, and he's, he's getting older now, he'll be 31 this year, but the bulk of his career, he misses footy. We know what he can do. Is it worth the risk? And you know, I've said he's a bolter because I think people are going to jump on him the closer we get to the season. But for all the reasons you've just pointed out, Damo, I think uh, I think the risk-adverse play is just to avoid him. Oh, yeah. I, well, I wouldn't have listed him as, as my trap if I didn't think that he wasn't one. <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> um, yeah, Damo, so we've given people a lot to think about. In the comments, who... Are you looking at from this West Coast Eagles side, and who are you avoiding, Damon? Do we have anyone else we need to touch on, or is that uh, is that the wrap? Don't touch Jack Darling or Josh Kennedy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How much are they going to be cheap? Cheap as chips? They will get to a point where they are almost rookie priced. Can we just say don't touch any forwards from West Coast? Yeah, I think that's a safe. I think that's a safe comment. Anything to plug, Damo, before we uh, finish this one off? Nothing from me. Just keep an ear out for uh, all the various podcasts Damo's going to be on. Jump on jockreynolds.com.au. Make sure you check out all the beautiful content, all the stat sheets that are up there where we've been pulling all these stats from. And if you're listening to us on any sort of podcast platform, please leave a comment and a rating. We love you. And remember, our friends at supercoachchampion.com are offering you a discount on uh, your purchase, giving you free same-day delivery on any ring using the discount code JR2021. Check them out. Community, I bloody love you. Damo, I love you even more. Sure. (laughs) Why won't you love me?